welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. We're going to jump into Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse... Going to go to actually verse 5. We're in this series on Code Red. I started a message last week on... um, power shift and how we can shift to the power that's beyond us, to the power of heaven. Jesus told this parable of the last days being about two ma- 10 maidens, five were wise, five were foolish. The five wise ones had extra oil, uh, meaning that they'd spent time in their devotional life, they'd spent time in their own study of the Word of God to make sure that they had more than enough spiritually in store. I know that in the story, the oil is representing of the anointing and the power of God. And I think we all as believers, as disciples of Christ need to realise that there is a well that we can dig in our own life, that we can tap into where Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. We're also gonna look at another portion of Scripture today that uh, tells of Paul that when during his ministry time, that there was an extraordinary flow of the miraculous power of God out of his life. And I do believe Scripture reveals that God has called all of us into that space. I just wanna capture two verses here from Matthew 25. It says, when the bridegroom didn't come when they expected, They all grew drowsy and fell asleep. Then suddenly in the middle of the night, they were awakened by the shout, get up, the bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him. There's two words I want you to really see there. The first one is this word, awaken. And like never before, now is an opportune time for you to experience an awakening in God. That in this portion of Scripture, Jesus said, one of the things about the last days that will happen is I will come along and I will awaken people. And it's kind of no surprise to me that for the last few weeks, the Lord has taken me back to a personal encounter that I had with God 21 years ago driving down a highway at 100 kilometres an hour, which was the speed limit. And God spoke to me profoundly and powerfully to the point where I had to pull over on the side of the road as, as that encounter impacted upon my life. And can I say to you this morning, if you'll open your heart to God's Spirit and you'll open your mind to His Word, an encounter can be released today. You may not have it in the service It may be the beginning of the journey and it'll happen somewhere during the week. But I I do know this, that at this point in time, God is opening the window of heaven for people to encounter Him in a personal way. I've been enjoying Connect of late and I've been in a number of different ones. I've got a great one that happens on a Monday night with a bunch of couples and to hear the stories. But we got into a discussion about this whole idea of encountering God. And the fact of the matter is, is that my faith is not built on encounters, but it sure is charged and recharged on encounters. And I don't wanna live my life from encounter to encounter because if they stop, I can feel like God's not there. In fact, that encounter that God takes me back to 20 odd years ago, every time I go back there, it's like my faith is recharged afresh in the new. Now, I've had many since or a number of since, but if I only had that one, it would be enough. Do you know what I'm saying? But there's fresh ones coming along and 
The first word is the word awaken and the second word is this word encounter. And to every one of you that would call yourselves followers of Christ, are there any bold followers of Christ here today? Wow. I had a yep, yep. And I got a wave from up the back. Let me, let me ask one more time. Are there any bold followers of Christ here today? 16 instead of three, that's great. To all followers, I want to ask you one simple question. When was your last encounter with God? And what did it do to you? It doesn't matter whether it was a day ago or a decade ago. The moment you go back to that encounter, God will bring back the freshness of His presence and His purpose of that moment into your life. And I, I do believe at this time there are fresh encounters for every one of us that God has. And so He says, awaken. We were um, chatting in Connect with the worship team on Tuesday night and Greg here who's playing on the, on the piano beside me said it's interesting that both the wise and the foolish fell asleep. Scripture reveals falling asleep as like prayerlessness or getting into that spiritual place of dullness, spiritual dullness. And so it doesn't matter whether you're wise or foolish, there's always these seasons and times of dullness. But here's the reality that when the awakening comes, those who are wise are prepared to go on the journey that God has called them to. And so this morning, you'll probably be able to get one or two things out of the message, but there's one thing you need to get, and that is that God has anointed you as a follower of Christ to do what He's called you to do. And that every one of us is called to a ministry place of serving God, that we are to serve the Lord with gladness, that it's supposed to, like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I, I guess pastors like myself have made that about their mission and the mission of the church. And I'm sure part of it is that, but here's the reality. God has anointed you for this day and for this hour to carry the grace that He's given to you to minister to others. And so this morning, I wanna highlight on a message that was given in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, to every single one of us as believers. And just highlight for you three things you have been given because of the anointing. If you're visiting with us and thinking right now, what is this guy flapping on about with this thing called the anointing? I hopefully will get to you later. But in Scripture, clearly the anointing is about God's power working through an individual. It is about the Holy Spirit. It is about the presence of God. It is about the fact that He wants to empower us to do the thing that He's called us to do. There is, right now, the enemy forces coming against all of us because he's anti the anointing. The devil is against the anointing. But here's the reality, he can't stop it. He tries to steal it. He tries to stop its flow. He does that through things like anger and resentment. He does it through things like dishonour. It's interesting that Jesus, the most anointed man that ever walked the planet, the Bible says He could do no miracles in His hometown because of the people's unbelief. Interesting, don't you think? The most anointed ever on the planet could not do a miracle because of their unbelief. He, the, the flow stopped because of their unbelief. Prayerlessness will stop the anointing flowing. Wordlessness will stop it flowing. Fear will stop it flowing. 
False gods can stop it flowing. We put our trust in some false God instead of the Lord alone. Come with me to Mark 16 to have a look at it, verse 17. I put a note here in my Bible that says that this is written to the reachers, not the preachers. Are there any reachers here this morning? You're trying to reach someone in your world with the love of God. You're trying to reach someone in your family. This is written to you. Here's a message for the reachers. These miracle signs will accompany those who believe they will drive out demons in the power of My Name. I'm gonna stop there a little bit. They will drive out demons in the power of My Name. Here's something you've got to know that the anointing gives you the authority and the power to deal with demons. Through the power of His Name. I know it's probably not popular in our modern world to even talk about demons in the public sector. We could get labelled unhealthy in our mind. Could have a van show up and try and take me away if we go too far down this track publicly. But here's the reality. This is what the Bible says, that the miraculous signs that will follow me as a believer is when evil spirits come against me, I'm not freaking out. I'm casting those things out and taking authority over them. Let me take you to a portion of Scripture. God has given you authority over every work of darkness. Let me take you to a portion of Scripture in Acts 19. It says, God kept releasing a flow of extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul. Because of this, people took Paul's handkerchiefs and articles of clothing, even pieces of cloth that had touched his skin, laying them on the bodies of the sick and diseases and demons left them and they were healed. Now, there were seven itinerant Jewish exorcists, sons of Sceva, the high priest, who took it upon themselves to use the name and authority of Jesus over those who were demonised. They would say, we cast you out in the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches. In the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches. One day, when they said those words, the demon and the man replied, I know about Jesus, I recognise Paul, but who do you think you are? The traditional Scripture says, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And here's the reality. When you know Jesus, when you have an authentic relationship with Jesus, you can deal with the devil. But if you only know Jesus through somebody else, you can't even deal with the devil. Let let me tell you this morning, if you think you need to wrestle with the devil, you will. But if you realise that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places far above every rule and power and authority, then you realise that you can point your finger at the devil and say, go and he's got no option. It kind of reminds me of my dog. Same dog, two years. First year in the relationship, it was a hate relationship. I hated him and he hated me. No, in fact, it seems that he loved me all the way through. Now I love him. In the beginning, to try and get that animal to obey, I would lose my Wheaties often raise my voice and stamp my feet and just get more rebellion from that four-lettered individual. But it's been a journey. And now, with just a whisper, I tell him, it's time to go out. 
He just picks himself up and goes outside because he's come to the realisation that I'm the boss. And if he obeys me, it goes well with him. What's that got to do with this point? Too many of us have allowed the enemy to be a rebellious dog in our house. Too many of us have forgotten that we've been given the authority to rule over that thing and kick him out. Too many of us have decided that we need to wrestle and shout and jump up and down. No, 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 no. You can just whisper and He will go. You've got to know when the anointing of God comes, it comes first and foremost to give you authority over the powers of darkness. If you know you're seated, when you know you're seated, you'll never be defeated. Don't be surprised by attacks of the enemy. Be armed. Don't be alarmed. Be armed. The Bible says, Paul says, put on the whole armour of God. When, when he said that, there was six pieces of armour that he recognised on the Roman soldiers and he connected it with spiritual truth. He said, let your loins be good about with truth. That Basically, truth is what holds your life together. He said, put on the breastplate of righteousness. It doesn't matter how good you do a journey of sanctification. It's not your sanctification that's gonna cause you to be right with God. It's the righteousness that's been provided by Christ that's gonna do the job. Then He said, put on, uh, making sure your feet are shod with the preparation of the Gospel of peace. Wherever you go, you're bringing a message of peace to other people. That the middle wall of separation between God and man has been pulled down as Christ laid on the cross for you and I. Above all, He says, above all. Say it with me, above all. Come on, let me go old school. Above all. Come on, with some chilli on it. Above all. He says, above all, take up the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. It's interesting if you study into that portion of Scripture, you find that the, that the shield of faith was actually a door. It was the size of a door. The Roman soldiers would be able to completely hide behind the door. When you study fiery darts and you look at the words that the translators had to translate from the original text to now, there are three options. One is missiles. One is darts and the other is arrows. And most scholars and translators use the word dart, fiery dart. But you know what? They could have put missiles in there because some of you feel like the enemy's throwing missiles at you. He could have put arrows in there because some of you think he's just pointed an arrow straight to your heart. But the translators use darts, fiery darts. And sometimes it's just fiery dart after fiery dart after fiery dart. But here's the deal. It doesn't matter whether it's a missile, a dart or an arrow. When you get behind that shield of faith, it cannot penetrate you. It doesn't matter when, you know what, things are going to mud and the provision's not there and you stand behind the shield of faith that says, my God shall provide all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. When you stand behind that door, the dart can't get through and you get victory in the end. When, when sickness is clouding around about you, you stand behind the door of faith that says, by the stripes laid upon the back of Jesus, I am healed. It doesn't matter what's going on as you stand behind the door. Gosh, He's preaching better than you're responding, but it's okay. Put on the whole armour. We are not alarmed by attacks of the enemy. We are armed and ready for the job. Out of the six pieces of equipment, 
helmet of salvation. He then comes to the sword of the Spirit. It's the one offensive weapon that we have. Everything else is defensive, designed to protect us. But you know what? In the event that we need to come in one-on-one battle with the enemy, the Bible says we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we can deal with the devil if the Word is on our tongue. Hello, somebody. And so as you surrender your life to Christ, I think the hardest thing to surrender is this little thing just below my nose. Big nose, little thing below it. It's called a tongue. That's the hardest thing to surrender. But when we get that surrendered to His Word, it becomes a sword that is double-edged. And there is, let me pray for you right now. Father, I thank You right now that we are coming into an understanding as the people of God of our authority in You and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper every tongue that rises in judgment. God, You said we'll condemn them with the words of our own mouth. Thank You, Father God, that You said greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. That God, You said in Your Word, that You've given us power and authority over every work of darkness and nothing shall by any means harm us. As we walk in that God, that there will be a flow of Your miraculous power. The anointing of God comes to give you authority over demons. It comes to give you supernatural authority in prayer. It says that will pray in new tongues. And I guess we Pentecostals have been labelled freak shows sometimes with the way that we've taken that to some extremes. But here's the reality. Whether you pray in tongues with that supernatural language or you pray without supernatural language, the power of God comes so that we can speak in a new way and we can speak with authority. And we can speak out of the words of the Spirit. I do believe it's a supernatural tongue, which is a supernatural language. I do believe that because I'm living the experience of that. But regardless, we have to come into a place where we realise the anointing gives us authority in the realm of prayer that can provide protection for our family, protection for our friends, protection for our work colleagues. Let me tell you right now that I pray every day. When I come to this facility, I pray that the angels that have been given charge over me will set themselves up around this facility so that no false God will be worshipped, so that no enemy will come in and have its influence on the people that worship here and are taught here and raised in the things of God here. And you have that same authority that's been given to you. It's not just for preachers, it's for reachers also is what I'm trying to say to you today. I've, I've recognised that sometimes the quietest prayers are the most powerful, have you? It, it, it's, where, it's where faith and belief meet and the words come out and I just go, no way, devil, you're defeated right now. You douchebag. The anointing comes to give you healing power. And you know what? I'm so thankful that our prayer team is anointed to heal the sick, but guess what? So are you. 
And I realise that I'm speaking mostly to ministers today, but for those of you that spend most of your time in the marketplace, you're a business person, a professional, you got to know this, that God has put a supernatural flow in you and you can lay your hands on some situations and it'll turn around by the power of God. It's not going to be by intellect, it will be by the anointing. you got to know that there's some words that you can speak into some situations and God will anoint them and everything will turn around into the favour of the Kingdom of God and what you're doing because you're leading that thing as a spiritual enterprise that will benefit the Kingdom of God. Are you with me? God kept releasing a flow of extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul and God wants to keep releasing that flow through you also. Who is the individual that has a shoulder injury creating extreme pain? I think it's your right shoulder, but sometimes I get it wrong. It's the mirror, it's the left. Um, Come quickly. And uh, could I have a team member come and pray for these? Ladies and anyone else that comes, come quick. We come on the pain to go and the problem in Jesus' Name. The enemy tries to steal the anointing. I know there's stuff going on here which may distract you, but just try and listen to these words. The enemy tries to steal the anointing and stop the flow. And he often does it through false gods over the last few years because of my senior years coming upon me. Maybe I admitted it publicly. I've had to go to different places for chiropractic help and whatever else. And along the journey I've come in contact with, I can remember getting therapy one day and the lady says, I, I, I'm just gonna release my power. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, Jesus, protect me. <laughs> And you know, she said, I have Reiki and you know, there's Reiki healers and crikey healers and whatever else. But you know what? I don't have any faith in that zone. And quietly under my breath, I've just gone, by the blood of Jesus, protect me. I can remember some, you know how I love Fremantle. I don't know about you. It's an interesting place, has all the different spectrums of society there. And I can remember sitting in one of those chairs that looked like it was going to be a nice massage and then all of a sudden I was getting... It's this guy was blowing his power on me. I said, dude, what are you doing? I'm just releasing energy. I said, dude, I don't need your energy. Just massage my shoulders. He said, don't you believe in energy? I said, yeah, I believe in the power of God through the blood of Jesus. How about you? But, but I'm actually trying to take you somewhere today, friends. I'm trying to take you somewhere. This message is not for the preacher, it's for the reacher. Let's not confuse the power of God. These hands are dedicated and surrendered to God. When this tongue can be surrendered and dedicated to God, then it can have the authority. These guys are not releasing their energy or their power. Come on, it's coming from Jesus. They're just channels being used right now. Father, thank You that Your anointing get on every single person right now. In Jesus' Name. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.